Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Hi, everybody. We are in full back-to-school mode here at Produce for Kids, but listening to this episode about helping your kids deal with anxiety around school in general is truly relevant any time of the year. Um, So if you're listening in and it's before September 22nd, that is a awesome because the Power Your Lunchbox promise is still open. So you need to head to poweryourlunchbox.com, make the promise to eat healthier this school year, and snag more than 70 registered dietitian approved lunchbox ideas, coupons, tips, and recipes to solve all of those breakfast, snack, and dinner dilemmas that are that are sure to, to come up here in the next couple weeks. Um, so, and also for every promise made, our wonderful partners will collect collectively give $1 back to Feeding America programs that benefit families and children. So it's a win-win. You eat healthy, families in need receive much-needed nutritious meals. Um, I do have to apologize um, on the audio on this upcoming episode. It is, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so bear with us. I promise we'll work through it for next time. I did think about nixing the episode and then realize that this topic is so important and it would be a huge injustice to all of our listeners if we did not share this episode with you guys. So um, promise I'm working through it. It shouldn't be too bad, but there's a little bit of an echo, so bear with us. Um, So we all know mental health is important and it's important we are tuned into our children's mental health as they navigate through those tough situations that pop up through the school years, you know, there's there's something at every at every stage that we need to tap into. So um, today we'll be talking to Dr. Stephanie Smith, mom of three, psychologist and founder of DrStephanieSmith.com. So we're going to chat with her about dealing with back to school anxiety, managing feelings about new teachers and ch- a change of teachers and squashing negative energy around a problem subject like math or science or PE, whatever it might be. And then also dealing with lunchroom stress successfully because that seems to be a place in our kids' day where that anxiety and stress stress pops up. So, And also really for us parents. I mean, we're not exempt um, from the back-to-school stress and and anxiety. So taking care of our own selves. So um, let's jump in with Dr. Stephanie and lots of hot topics to cover. And I think you'll be really, really excited about what she has to say today. Welcome back, Dr. Stephanie. We're excited to have you back on the Healthy Family Project. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Wonderful. So we had the opportunity to talk to you in episode three about managing screen time effectively in this digitally immersed world. And we are very excited to have you back to chat about anxiety around back to school. We all have it. I know I do. The kids have it, the tweens, the teens. I don't think anybody is exempt from that that feeling that we have this time of year. So before we jump into our topic for today, for those of our listeners who might not have had a chance to listen to episode three, which you definitely should, Managing screen time, very important. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about you and your website and a little bit about the inspiration behind your career path and your website? Um, So I am a psychologist in Colorado, 
and I work with all kinds of different folks for all kinds of different issues. So I work with families and adults and tweens and teens. And um, I started my website, drstephaniesmith.com, um, quite a few years ago now, just as a way to help um, educate folks about the importance of good mental health and psychology. And I really try to make it um, down to earth and accessible and easy to read. Um, and so that's really what I've tried to focus on these last, gosh, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, so that's a little bit about me, but I'm also dealing with back to school stress with my family. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping maybe I learn some things today too. Wonderful. Yes, definitely. I think we can, we as parents can all learn from one another tactics and things to do during this time and things that work and things that don't work. We all know that we have some of those too. So we are absolutely so lucky to have you as our sounding board um, at Produce for Kids on our Produce for Kids blog as a regular contributor, especially the Ask the Psychologist series that we've been working on where you've been so wonderful in answering some of the questions from our listeners and our Produce for Kids audience. So we thank you for that. Um, okay, so let's let's go then. Question one, give us some tactics we can use leading up to the first day of school. The kids are nervous to start a new school year, a new routine, and quite frankly, as much as we would like to say we aren't, parents are as well. <laughs> Those lazy days of summer are gone. There's there's, you know, where there's no homework and after school activities are, you know, have kind of ceased to exist. Um, and I remember being a kid and not even being able to sleep the night before the day, first day of school, more, more so as I got older and then going to junior high and high school just brought on so much anxiety. I was just a mess, kind of a mess during that time on those first days. So what can we do? Do you have any tips or tricks to help alleviate all this madness for families? Yeah, so I think one of the things that I have been trying to implement the last couple years is just some sense of balance between being prepared and organized for the first day of school, but also kind of letting things ride a little bit because we just never know what changes are going to happen or how things are actually going to pan out. So some examples, I think, you know, if for my kids, it's important. They like to make sure they have all their school supplies. They like to know what they're going to wear, especially my girls. Um, you know, that's important to them. They like to have some sense of their schedules and their teacher. Um, so I think all that's important to know, but I think it can be really easy to go overboard and start almost, um, you know, creating more anxiety by talking about it over and over and over and trying to figure out every detail and every minutia um, of, of what the first days and weeks are going to look like. Um, so just another quick example of how it can go overboard the other way. Um, a couple of years ago, my husband and I were both feeling really overwhelmed about how we were going to get our three kids to school all their various practices and lessons and classes. And we spent hours coming up with a schedule of who's driving where and when we need a carpool. And long story short, 
for the entire fall semester, no week ever went like we had planned. Um, <laughs> so that was a real lesson to me yes. to like be prepared, have some sense, but also leave plenty of room for like, you know what? Things are going to happen. Um, and people are going to get sick or it's going to snow in September or so, just weird things. Um, so we, it's not necessarily useful to over prepare. Um, so that's my, that's one thing I've been trying to do. Like I said, the last couple of years is have a balance between being organized and prepared, but also leaving plenty of room for the unexpected. That's a good, that's a good strategy. I know, um, you know, we get that supply list here in, in Florida every year and it's just, you know, this whole list and everybody's rushing out and they're filling up their bags and, and, you know, the clothes and back to school shopping. It's, it's such a buzzy, you know, that time. And so I've, like you said, I, I try to tune into the girls and see like what it is. Like, is it their first day outfit that's going to make them feel, you know, better about, going into this next year and this next chapter or is it that they have their sharpened pencils like my seven-year-old who has everything completely in order you know does she yeah. have her eight sharpened pencils is that what's what's going to make her feel you know and then I guess even for ourselves looking at what will help us to you know kind of feel comfortable back moving back into that scheduled routine and I know that feeling of getting all those activities scheduled because as our seven-year-old moves into that, you know, has moved into it and is in that realm, just adding when we had our older daughter doing things, it was like, wow, we're running a lot. And then the second one moved into the mix of after-school activities. And it's like, how do I clone myself? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a puzzle for sure. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So awesome. So we're prepared. We've managed day one. I know a lot of schools are either starting back this week. I know some in the Northeast don't go back till after Labor Day. We started last week, but all right. So we've we've prepared, we've managed day one, we're getting into the mix. Um, and you know, teachers change year over year. And we've heard this a lot at Produce for Kids about, you know, my kid's just not adjusting to a new teacher. They don't like their teacher. You know, maybe their teacher last year was a little more fun and games and this one's a little more strict so do you have any thoughts on helping students kind of like adjust to these different personalities and teaching styles and you know just helping helping these kids ad adjust year over year because you know it starts in elementary and it's going to be a long time <laughs> that they're going right. to have different teachers to adjust to absolutely and I think um, that's such an important life skill to be able to be flexible and adaptable. Um, so this is, I think, one of the most important things we can help um, walk our kids through as they're younger. Um, and, and, you know, that we know for sure there's going to be years where they click with their teacher and there's going to be years when they don't. There's going to be years they love their baseball coach. There's going to be years that it's more of a struggle. Um, and so I think the most important thing that we can do is to manage those feelings ourselves in kind of a healthy and calm way. So what's not so useful is to help is to kind of complain to them like, oh, you're right. She is a jerk or 
she doesn't know what she's doing. She's so young. She can't, you know, kind of feed that, um, right. That difficulty. I think things we can say is like, gosh, I hear, um, I hear that it's been a little bit harder this year for you to get into the groove of fourth grade. Um, you know, are there, are there things you could talk with your teacher about, you know, that, um, that you're struggling with, or are there um, strategies we can come up with at home to help you ease into the school year better? Um, you know, some kind of concrete um, conversations I think can be useful, but really trying to avoid feeding into that, yeah, she sucks or he sucks. Right. But it can be easy to do as a parent. I mean, we all know on the surface not to do that, but when we're <laughs> feeling our stressed ourselves or frustrated ourselves, it can be really easy. But I don't think it does our children any um, great service to just add fuel to the fire. Um, and I think, you know, another thing that can be useful is to reflect back on other times they've been in these situations and they've made it through. So, for example, one of my kids had a pretty challenging um, soccer season in the spring. And it, it was just tough all the way around for all kinds of reasons. But you know what? She made it. She made it through. She's still playing. And now she's got a great situation. And so that's going to be something that I'll be able to help her remember next time she has a tough teacher, a tough coach, or tough neighbor or whatever like remember that time in soccer and it felt so hard and so awful but you made it you got through it and now you're in a much better situation um so helping them know that they they have the resilience to make it through and chances are it's going to be much better on the other side yeah that makes a lot of sense I know my older daughter she um is is we've had this conversation several times and and I feel like it's it's sometimes I see these changes and it's good year over year especially back in elementary you know one teacher was just rainbows and butterflies and <laughs> everything was you know she, and Mia had a really close bond with this teacher and they were just you know and I kept thinking this is gonna be hard next year uh -huh. and then it was but at the same time I thought but she has to know it's not always that way. You know, yeah. you have people in life, um, you know, and I've learned over the years from teachers to professors to bosses and supervisors, you know, it's all about, you really have to think, how can I work with this person instead of against them? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, I think once you find those tactics, like, you know, and not that, and I tell them, like, not that you have to back down from who you are, completely change yourself in life to be able to, you know, accommodate everyone else. But at the same time, it's it's definitely an important skill to have mm -hmm. to be able to adjust and to be able to kind of understand people and understand what you need to do to have a successful relationship. Right, right. And remembering to keep it in context, like, Teachers are important, but, you know, there's probably all other kinds of wonderful influences on their lives, whether it's um, friends or uh, family members or the bus driver or whatever. Um, so I think sometimes trying to focus on those positives um, 
can be useful too. Not always dwelling on Mrs. So-and-so is such a pain, you know. Right, right. Well, and so, okay, so we had, last year was first year of middle school, and there was a class that was was kind of, you know, even though, like you said, there were, there were positives all day long. We had one subject that was, you know, and this is with Mia. She's a theater girl. She's the performer, the musician. So when it comes to math... <laughs> We run into, we run into some roadblocks. So, um, you know, last year it was, even though she had so many positives going on, there was so much anxiety around math, even before she, you know, they moved into a new subject or a new topic or, you know, she was already feeling that negativity and doubting herself and, you know, how this is going to be so hard for her. And I've just worked over the years to help her understand that, you know, doing her best and giving 100% that's success, but she just still mm-hmm. continues to have this stomach ache around math. Even this year, it's first period. She doesn't, she didn't even know who her teacher was. And she was already before we went back into school. Oh, I just, first period's going to be so horrible. <laughs> so, oh, 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 that's so hard. Um, and I, and she's certainly not alone. I mean, good grief. So many kids struggle in that way. Um, I think one real um, important thing to talk about with kiddos, especially once they have reached um, kind of late elementary and certainly into middle middle school age and beyond, is to really identify things that they can control and they can do. So I think sometimes at school it feels like I'm just doing what they tell me. I have no control. I have no agency. Um, But really, they do. So if you talk to your daughter, or if I talk to one of my kids about, okay, struggling in this class, this topic is really hard. What are some things that we could actually do that might change the situation? So for a middle schooler or a high schooler, that might include um, making sure you're going to the office hours or whatever they call them at your school, Mm -hmm. you know. So like my kids' school, they have a couple days a week after school where the kids can go in and meet with their teachers um, for one-on-one or small group help. Um, So that is something they have control over and they can do. They don't have to rely on parents or anything. They can just do that themselves. So that might be important to write down. Okay, we can do that. What are some other things we can do? Well, how about talking to the teacher specifically about the feelings that you're having, the fears and the worry you're having around math. And maybe they have some strategies that could help or at least be aware of it in the class. So that could be another thing you could do. A third thing you could do is look at some outside resources. So, um, you know, middle schoolers might be past doing like flashcards, though that could still be helpful. Um, but I know there's quite a few, and I, I can look this up to add to the show notes. I can't think of any on the fly here, but, um, you know, free websites that help kids um, review math concepts um, in maybe a different way than their teacher presents it. And I've known a number of children who've had a lot of success with that. Um, so that's a third thing that you could do that's in your control. So those are just a few examples Um, I think when we're stressed and worried and overwhelmed, it's really easy to feel like, oh, this is, I'm 
this is a hopeless situation. There's nothing I can do. But as parents, I think we can help our kids see, okay, let's break that down because you're not helpless, but let's, let's outline some things that you actually can do and have control over. And um, I think that can sometimes be really helpful, not only to managing the anxiety, but also to help just with the skills that you're struggling with, whether it's math or Spanish or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. It, it really does. I, it's, you know, once she goes to that place, I always say, when she's in that place, when her mind is in that place, I have to give her some time before I can talk yeah. to her because she's already dead set that, you know, this is, this is not going to work and going into it negatively. And yeah, once I give her a little space, then she usually mm-hmm. comes, comes back around and we're able to talk it through and, you know, kind of figure something out. And I always say, even at Produce for Kids, if there's projects that I'm working on and I'm really stumped and I'm starting to feel like anxious and this is too big, then I do that that same thing. Like you said, break it apart. I, I mm-hmm. look at it and say, you know what? This may not be something that I can just sit down and do. Like, let me look at it and break it out into four separate, you know, quadrants or whatever and, and work on it that way. So then I'm not looking at it as this like mountain that I have to climb. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah, and I think your point is also a good one that, you know, when they're crying and yelling and (laughs) all that, probably not the time to bring this up, but maybe over the weekend or a time when when you might actually have some free moments and people are feeling pretty good, um, that can be a great time to have this conversation. Or you know, if your kiddos haven't started school yet, um, and they don't start for a couple weeks, now's a great time to have those kind of conversations, um, to kind of get one step ahead of what you already know might be a, a sore point. Yeah, that's, that's good advice for sure. And not to go off track, but I have you saying that about whenever they're in that mode, it made me think of our last podcast recording when you were talking about the apps that help, uh, you know, that will, you can set time limits on iPads and things like that. Um, We started that a little bit over the summer. So thank you for those recommendations. And um, your point was, well, when it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever your time set time might be, you don't have to have that interaction where it's, all right, this is gone. Like I'm taking this or, you know, time to shut it down. Both of my girls know it shuts down. We, we came up with a little family charging station. Um, you know, the, like a nice little area where they know they can put their devices and they know they'll have a hundred percent charge in the morning. And so, um, so thank you for that because that has helped tremendously because I feel like there was a lot of stress that went around those moments where it was time to put your devices away. (laughs) Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm glad that's working. Yes, for sure. Um, and I'll, I'll link, actually, I'll link back up to that app that I'm talking about, the one that had, and several of the others you recommended, because um, I did work through several of them this summer just to see what would be a good fit for us. So I will link to those in the show notes. And if, like I said in the beginning, if you are interested in um, learning more about managing screen time, definitely go back and listen to episode three. Um, okay, back on track. So this was, a, this is, was an interesting, um, well, part, part of this was something I never had really thought about, but came to light 
several years ago at Produce for Kids and, and really surprised me. And then my kids actually um, encountered it themselves. So anxiety around the cafeteria or lunchroom. I feel like there's a lot of different, you know, aspects that could cause anxiety from, you know, who you're sitting with or maybe you don't know how to start a conversation with someone. Um, and then, um, like my kids have been made fun of for certain things that they take in their lunch. And, you know, we've worked through some of that where someone has the Oreos or potato chips and, and then they're sitting there with their hummus and cucumbers and their, you know, veggie wrap or whatever. And they have had those other kids really, you know, make fun of them. Oh, your lunch smells. And what is that? Kids don't eat that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, we balance it out. It's not that I, I send them with a, a garden open every day, but you know, we, we recognize and they recognize that there are certain things that are going to fuel them throughout the day. And there are certain things that are not going to fuel them. So we've encountered that. And then, sorry, this is going to be like a whole, you know, a whole big thing for you to talk about. But I know <laughs> as a child for me, I received reduced lunch and I just can think back and remember being so embarrassed. You know, the crowd, my crowd of friends, I would like wait for everybody to go through the line because I didn't want them to see me using my card. And, and I feel like that's another stressful thing around lunch, that there's so many families that, you know, are facing hardships and whether, you know, your free or reduced lunch for a certain period of time or for your entire, all of your school years, it's, that can be something I know personally that was like just so much anxiety. I just didn't even not even want to go to the lunchroom. So there's a lot. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> yes. Cafeteria and lunchtime is a huge topic of concern. Um, I think for kids of all ages, um, you know, even once they get into high school, you know, around here, they can leave campus and then there's drama about mm -hmm. who am I driving with and who's doing what? And, I mean, it's just never ending. Um, so I think one of the most important things that we can do and that I recommend for the families that I work with all the time is to really understand the resources that are available at school. So for example, um, if your kiddo is having trouble in the lunchroom for whatever reason, social, financial, um, dietary, whatever, um, I think it's important to talk to the school about it. Not in a way that's complaining, but sort of saying, this is an issue. What do you think are some options? Mm -hmm. And I think most every school that I've worked with, and I hope most every school around the country, is really open about that. And there's probably more going on at lunchtime um, than you realize. So maybe the counselor offers um, like a social skills group um, once a week that would be a good fit for your kid. Maybe the principal offers, you know, a lunch with the principal period once a week that your child would enjoy and could get a break from the lunchroom doing that. Maybe the librarian could use help um, shelving books during the lunch period. Um, I knew a girl years ago who loved PE but 
hated lunchtime. And she talked to the school and the PE teacher said, well, why don't you come be my aide for the kindergarten class? Because their PE class is the same time as your lunch, which was an awesome opportunity for her. So obviously I can't guarantee those things are going to happen, but I think a lot of times we as parents try to figure these things out on our own, but there's a lot of use in opening up and reaching out um, to the folks at school and seeing what kind of solutions they can come up with because they just have a much better understanding of what's available, what the dynamics are um, than we ever will. Um, so I think that's my, my biggest um, tip is to shoot an email to the principal or go in and meet with the school counselor or the teacher or even the lunch lady and see what kind of options are available. Because sometimes even just, you know, Wednesdays I don't have to deal with the lunchroom because I'm going to go help with the kindergartners. Like sometimes that's enough of a break to make the rest of the week um, not only just bearable but more pleasant too. Yeah, that, that makes sense. There, I feel like even last year, starting at new school, I really didn't realize all of the resources that were available, you know, to parents and, and going into it, like you said, not as complaining, like you need to fix this, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a good approach. I think going into it, like you said, like what is available? What options do we have? How can we make this work? Um, yeah, those are all yeah. really good, really good tips. Yeah, because as I say, I think there's a lot more going on in the schools than most of us realize because we're not there day in and day out. But they've got a lot of neat stuff going on typically. They just don't advertise it. Um, but if you ask, I am uh, hopeful that they would be very happy to share. For sure. Awesome. Well, we are so lucky to have you help us through this time. I know... We could talk forever on, on back to school, but I think that what, you know, the top level things we talked about today will be really helpful for our listeners. And I must say, we still have Power Your Lunchbox going on, speaking of cafeterias. So I know you are helping us out and, and working with us to get promises going. So that is open till the end of September, but you can still year round access all of the, the lunchboxes and visit Dr. Stephanie's website as well um, for information on Power Your Lunchbox. So thank you so much. Uh, we are so appreciative to have you as the expert in this area helping us out and as a parent as well going through things and sharing what has worked for you. Um, so we will have a blog post up on produceforkids.com that outlines a lot of what we talked about today. And then I will include relevant links in our show notes. And if you have any additional questions for Dr. Stephanie, you can drop those at the bottom of her blog post on produceforkids.com or over on healthyfamilyprojectpodcast.com. So thank you so much for talking with us today, Dr. Stephanie. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Thanks for listening in today. While sometimes mental health can be a tough subject to tackle, it's something we all need to keep on our radar, not only for our kids, but for ourselves as well. I'm hoping what was shared today will make a difference in your world. 
You can find Dr. Stephanie on her website, drstephaniesmith.com, where you can link out to all of her social media sites. And then you can also find her on produceforkids.com in our Ask the Psychologist series. Please be sure to go to poweryourlunchbox.com to make the promise and check out everything we have going on over there for back to school. If you know a special teacher, send them over to make the promise for their classroom. We do have fun prizes like a fish tank ecosystem and a classroom mushroom growing kit as well as free printables for their classrooms. Check out new content on our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram as well as YouTube. And a big thank you from the Produce for Kids family as we celebrate our 8th episode. We are very grateful for all of you and grateful that we can have these conversations. Questions, comments, and episode ideas can be posted on healthyfamilyprojectpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.